Uh, so that's going to be kind of where we uh, jump off tonight, if you will, uh, into the discussion of that. And uh, we'll begin there in verse 11. So if you would tonight, uh, with your Bible open, would you please stand in honor and reverence to God's Word uh, tonight. Romans 13, and let's begin in verse 11. And do this, knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand, therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. God, open up the eyes of our heart tonight and may I preach faithfully your word as a dying man to dying people. Uh, Lord, help us to remember that. This, this world is not going to last forever. We will not be here forever. We have a time, uh, and then we're seen no more. We're the vapor of smoke, Lord. Uh, help us to realize our frailty as human beings, uh, that, Lord, we do not have the luxury of endless time. Uh, there is a time in which we are governed by God, given by God, by His grace to live, to work, to be obedient, to fulfill our calling. Uh, Lord, help us to be mindful of that and be surrendered to that. We love you, and God, guide this tonight that it would have its perfect placement and meaning in our lives and in our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And you be seated. You may be seated. Now, Paul spends some time in uh, chapter 13, and he talks about the purpose of governments and how we're to be you know, subject to the government, and that ultimately the purpose of government is to punish evil. And Paul even makes the statement, if you're not doing what's wrong, you should not fear your government. And when a government is properly functioning, that is, that is its purpose. It is to punish evil. It is to punish disobedience. And of course, Paul ends that discussion in verse 7 by saying this. He says, Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, Custom to who, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Now we understand that uh, the Apostle Paul would lose his head because he did not believe Caesar was worthy of honor. And we need to understand that in our culture today, and this is very important because we have a lot of folks that are in leadership, whether it be Southern Baptists or other denominations, that they, they talk about the need to engage the culture. But we are missing what we are missing now the manifestation of evil in our country and where that is. And uh, and and we, we keep hearing people say things like, This is not a political thing, but it's a spiritual thing. Absolutely. But we need to understand that from a spiritual standpoint, evil today is being manifested through the likes of government. And that is not my opinion. That is a matter of fact. Because we are living in the day when our government, which is us, the people, 
the levers of the power, the levers of power in our government are being used to hinder us from doing what is right. That's a problem. And it needs to be addressed. And the only way for us to address that is to peacefully, the only way to address that peacefully is through the means that we have been given through our law to do that. But there are many who claim they understand us, but they do not understand the times in which we live. Paul said then to the church in Rome, it is high time, it is high time to recognize and to wake up to the idea that we are engaged in a spiritual conflict that is being manifested every day in tangible ways in the lives or in the world in which we live in. This is not hocus pocus stuff up in the air. This is not some platitude, some preacher's platitude about spiritual warfare going on up here. It's not, it's, it's here. Yes, it, it, it's up there. It's the spiritual realm, but it is being manifested in our culture today. So we need to wake up. And unfortunately, we are like the, the image of that, of that man reaching out from under his sheets, hitting the snooze. And we've been doing that for too many decades. Not a few weeks, not a few months, but too many decades. We can't afford to hit the snooze anymore. We've got to get up and realize that there is a battle going on and that there are some very high stakes in which we're playing for. I would agree that there, this is, there is much more at play than, than the nation of America, although I, I like living in America. I, I enjoy all of the facets of life in America. I, I do. Uh, I mean, I, I do not agree that America is the worst place on the planet. As a matter of fact, uh, America, I think, is the best place on the planet to still live, even in all of its issues. I remember my brother when he was in the Air Force, he was uh, stationed in uh, South Korea for six months or a year. And in the midst of South Korea, there's what they call Little America. Where you, you, you go downtown, you can eat the same greasy hamburgers you're used to eating, and you can do everything you've been doing in America. You don't have to eat their food. Uh, you don't have to do their thing. You, they, there's little, they literally call it Little America. So if it's such a bad place, why is it there? Always wondered about that. But there is no doubt that there is a spiritual battle raging in our, in our culture today. And Paul mentions here that it is high time that we wake up. Now, of course, he, he reiterates this uh, uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, a familiar passage uh, to us, where he talks about the nature of this spiritual war. And in verse 12, he makes no doubt about it. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. There is a spiritual battle that is taking place. And Paul would say in Ephesians 6, Pretty much what he's saying here in Romans 13. When he goes on to say, therefore take up the whole armor of God. Realizing that the, the reason you need to be uh, 
prepared, the reason you need to have armor on is because you're in a, you're in a conflict. See, we're, we're too much. And, I, and even the church in America, we are too much comfortable where we are to the point that we keep reaching out from under the sheets and we keep hitting that snooze. We don't have the luxury of doing that anymore. We're in a cultural struggle because what used to drive the culture no longer drives the culture. A hundred years ago, the culture was shaped by the church. The church shaped the culture. The, the, church, the church was going to shape the next generation because by and large, a hundred years ago, the church educated the next generation. So what, what happened? Through our comfort, we began to allow our government to usurp more and more of our authority. And at one time, things were not so bad because our institutions were being governed and run by people that had a Christian worldview. But something happened, didn't it? Right? I mean, there was a time in America, and some of you remember this, that the Bible was openly taught in our schools. That prayer was spoken in our schools. But in 1962 and 1963, we decided that even though we were almost 100 years old as a nation, I mean 200 years old as a nation, we decided that, that was, that's been unconstitutional for 180 years all of a sudden. 190 years all of a sudden. And you can just chart the devastation and that began this turning of our institutions. And, and we need to recognize something today that when we talk about trusting things, and we're going to get to that in a minute because this war is being fought, the spiritual war is being fought in five specific areas. But we need to understand something. That we used to could trust institutions. We can't do that anymore. We, we can still trust people. We can still have some, some faith in people. We can still give people the benefit of the doubt. But we can no longer give institutions the benefit of the doubt anymore. Because they are outwardly showing us that they have cast off any restraint. And, and doing honestly just outright wicked things. Uh, in, in the name of, hey it's the way... We're going to do it, and you're going to like it, and you're going to celebrate it, and you're going to be happy about it. That's our culture today. Because the culture is not being driven by the church anymore. The culture at large today is being driven by demonic forces. And I, I, I use those words truthfully. It's not, not, you know, it's not hyperbole in all of these things. I'm not trying to you know, satiate the argument. I'm just telling you that... The, the entertainment industry, uh, a number of, of other areas of, of our culture are influenced by demonic forces. And it is driving the culture. 
And then what drives politics? Culture drives politics. That's why when the, when the culture was being driven by the church, politics was being driven by the church. I mean, I'm not, not to go down that road tonight, but some of the things that we accept today, you go back 30 years ago and say we're going to be having this argument in the, in the public square. And we would have laughed you out of the room. But yet we're having them. Why? Because the culture is being driven by demonic forces and not the church anymore. Now we have to, if that's going to change, we've got to see that, accept that, and find out what we need to do about it. Because here's where the battle breaks down. We're engaged in a spiritual war. And it is over the nature of these five areas. Number one, authority. Authority. This is about God versus man. Now I would agree that this is, we wrap everything in politics in our culture today, for crying out loud. Because honestly, it's, it's reached into everything. But it's about authority. Who is the ultimate authority? Is it man and His laws, or is it God and His laws? See, the reality is, a civil right, if it is morally wrong, is still wrong. God gets to say what's right and what's wrong. But yet we flip that script, we flip that on its head, and we're saying today, no, we determine what's right and what's wrong. And if you want to believe in the Bible, that's fine, so long as you stay within the confines of these four walls. But you and I have something in our bones. There is a fire. The Holy Spirit, the consuming fire of God lives within us and we cannot help, as, Paul, as, as Peter would say, as John would say, we cannot help but speak of the things of God. That is who we are. Our country was founded and framed in the, in the exercise of religion. And that's what religion is. It is you and I practicing the things that we believe spiritually. And our country was great for that when we did those things. This is about God versus man. Who is going to have authority in our nation? Which one? We're in a spiritual war over the nature of that argument. Things which are clearly wrong. God says are abominations. We have celebrated them and at first the argument was just to accept it. And we went from accepting the idea that a man could love another man or a woman could love another woman. We went from accepting that to, to, to embracing that. And now our country says you must celebrate it or you will be punished. That's why in June of every year, 
The LGBTQ rainbow alphabet mafia flies their flag over every embassy that we have all over the world. The, house, the, the White House is lit up in, in the rainbow jihad colors. That's what we are doing. Because our current government says we are in control and not God. And we will determine what is authority, not God. That's, that's the argument that's going on. Now I know who has the final say. And I know who's right. But again, we can sit here and talk about that, but that argument's not happening up there. That argument is happening in our face every day. And it affects you and I in some way. It affects our insurance. Our insurance goes up because, guess what? The government says you have to pay for people who feel pretty to become whatever it is they think they want to be. That is an issue of authority. Folks, this is authority. God has given us the final word, the last word. And for too long, we, we, we've been choosing and we've been putting the wrong people in this position of authority. That's, that's the first issue. Then the second issue is control. God versus Satan. Who's going to control this nation? See, again, we have people saying, look, you've got to leave politics out of this. This is not Democrat or Republican. Well, I beg to differ. It's, it's actually both. It's both. Because we have to be honest with ourselves that, that today evil has become a political construct. There is nothing righteous Nothing righteous about saying to a college student. We have, a, we have this thing called Title IX in our country that basically says women compete against women in sports. Right? But now we want to tear that up. And we want to force women in our universities and even in our high schools to share locker rooms and even the podium with a man, with a boy. I, these things are not something I thought up. These things are happening in our country. Why? Why? Because our government through politics has determined you will do this or we'll withdraw funding from your school. You will do this or we won't fund your public universities. You will do this or we'll cancel you. You'll do this or there will be punishment. A God-ordained government for its purpose does not do those things. Our institutions are no longer operating under a Christian worldview. They've been hijacked. And there's this issue, whether it be moral or social issues, these things today have become the tenets, the sacraments of their religion. You will salute that rainbow flag. You will bow to those things. Those are our idols. And you will worship them too. That is the mantra of that today, of, the, of this culture. 
It's an issue of control. Now we can ask why is this happening, especially in light of what the Lord said in Matthew. Matthew 16, the Lord makes it clear that we have the advantage here. The Lord makes it clear we have the power here. The Lord says in Matthew 16, verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That is the issue of authority and control. And the Lord said, I am establishing my kingdom and all the power. Hey, all of it is His. All of it. God is not powerless. God is not some figment of our imagination. He's not the part of the mythology of the Greeks. This is almighty God. And he said, I'm going to leave. I'm going to give you the keys because I took them from the devil. I'm going to give them to you. And you're my ambassadors. Your citizenship is with me. But while you are here, rule and reign as if I've given it all to you because all the power belongs to me. And I'm delegating you, responsible people, to rule my kingdom that way. In other words, act like you believe these things. That's what he's saying. We think of how far we've gone in our nation and the, uh, the level of perversion, but my Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That means that their fortress is a house of cards, folks. Their arguments are shallow. There's no there. There is no there there because they are living this false ideology that there is no truth to it. But we are fearful. We are fearful. We talk about taking back what the, what the devil took. We need to do that. And we need to understand, I got four young children. And we need to understand, all of those 50 kids or whoever, however many is back there in Awana tonight, you need to understand that there is a battle for not just their life, but for their soul, for eternity. For eternity. It's a level of authority, of control, and of truth, of truth. I remember a funny story. A man by the name of George uh, Rydell, in the early 1900s, he bought a, a London newspaper called The Sensation. <laughs> and uh, there was a, a, a journalist over there by the name of Frederick Greenwood, and he said, hey, did you know I bought this newspaper? I'm going to send you a copy of it, and, and you tell me what you think. So he sent this journalist a copy of his newspaper. And when, they, and when he ran back into him, he asked him what he, what he thought about it. And he said, well, I read it, and I threw it in the waste basket. But then I thought, and I said, well, the cook might get that and read it, so I burned it. I, 
I say that to say there is truth and there is error. And the Bible says truth will set you free. And if truth sets you free, then lies must bind you up, must, must imprison you. And this isn't about opinion. This is about what is right and what is wrong. We, we like to talk about the left and the right. I'd like to talk about both of them. Because they're, in our culture of politics today, they are all, for the most part, full of absolute devils. And, and, and people that I gave the benefit of the doubt to have just shown me what a weak-minded, has just non-engaged and has no idea or concept of the world that we live in anymore. And it's just troubling. You'd like to think the people that are wearing your jersey are actually on your team. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I heard something, you know, I mean, unless you've been, you know, living under a rock or way out. You heard a few months ago this whole battle that was taking on in Florida down there about the whole Disney thing. Because they just got to where instead of, you know, producing movies that you could sit down and watch, that they just want to basically groom everybody to be perverts. And they've been putting billions, billions of dollars into that to the point, it didn't matter how much they lost, they just were going to do this. They were going to promote this whole LGBTQ lifestyle. They were going to promote all of that. They were going to make movies about it, and you're going to love it. You're going to be forced to watch it, whatever. And Governor DeSantis in Florida finally just said, you know what, we're not giving special tax incentives to a, to a company that wants to destroy the next generation of children. And I applaud it. I applaud it. <laughs> and just this week, last week, the former vice president, Mike Pence, former governor of Indiana, complaining that what Governor DeSantis did was wrong because we shouldn't be involved in private business. I'm like, man, what time do you think it is? Where are you living, man? What are you watching? These folks, are, whether we will be serious or not, these people are very serious. They're very serious. Folks, we got the truth on our side. Peter said that it is the truth that is sanctifying us, preparing us, helping us wage the battle. There's a truth. There is lie. We have the truth that's on our side. We need to stand firm in that. There's the issue of the future. For America, it's revival or it's ruin. We cannot, cons we cannot keep going this way. I mean, it, you and I are, are chastised today for dressing up and playing like we're Indians. But a grown man can say he's a girl. And we got to pay for him to have whatever he needs to become that. Folks, that's crazy. But that is our world. And we are going to have to reject that. And we're going to have to see sweeping revival in the church.
Because there are far too many people within our own denomination that, be, that are believing these things, that are trying to compromise on these things, that are trying to, in the name of outreach, to accommodate it. You cannot accommodate it. There's not a single one of us, not a single one of us, that if we went to a doctor, we were hurting in our abdomen, or we had some ailment, and, and after doing a few blood tests and a CT scan or whatever, and the doctor says, you have this uh, mass in your, in your abdomen, or you have this growth, and, and, and it is cancer, and if we don't do something about it, it's going to metastasize and grow. Nobody's going home that night kicking up your heels and think, oh, this ain't no big deal. Because we understand something, that if it's left alone and not treated, it'll take over the whole body. We see that in every aspect of our life. Why do, you, why do we discipline our kids? Because whatever behavior you uh, reward as a parent, you'll get more of that behavior. And that's where we are today. We are a revival or ruin. <clears throat> revival ain't coming from Washington. <clears throat> they wouldn't know what revival was if it walked in the chamber up there and slapped them. Now, they, they, granted, they need, they need a good slapping, but they, they still wouldn't recognize it as revival. As I said last week, we need to be shocked. <clears throat> we need to be shocked. Because this is about people <clears throat> and their eternity. Some daycare, some pre-K, some kindergarten, some elementary school, California, Washington, or <clears throat> even here maybe, I don't know. But I know it's happening. Our kids are being told that you need to decide what you're going to be. You're going to be a girl or you're going to be a boy. Well, that's already been determined. <clears throat> that's got to stop. Can't compromise with that. Because here's the reality of this. Unfortunately, people grow up, and some people come from some bad situations at home. Foster parent for five years. Believe me. We, we have a term for, for, for these children that are in those types of situations. They're called or, organic vulnerabilities. In other words, the child did nothing to bring this upon themselves. And they're just living with abusive parents or you know, alcoholism or drug addiction. They, they didn't do that. They, they, no kid asked to be born. Amen? Not a single kid. So these are organic. They have nothing to do with that. Nobody, nobody made this. They are victims of that. But what these people do that teach this kind of stuff, they're wiring their minds to become vulnerable to other things that are not organic in nature. They call, we refer to them as synthetic in that the counselor or the teacher is planting these things into their minds. See, now I need, I need you to understand something. I, I'm, not, I, I, I'm getting somewhere with this, and I know it sounds dark, but let me tell you something. 
you and I need to recognize that what the enemy has been doing for the last, oh, I don't know, 50 years or so, is exactly what the church did for nearly 2,000. In that we took the next generation and we taught them. This morning, Titus walked down here, said, I prayed to receive Christ as my Savior. He's five years old. I think he's five, isn't he five? Soon be six. But his family has saturated his little mind and heart with the Word. You've got to understand that the people, the, the, the devil uses the same tactic. He's taking the next generation, the young people, and he's filling their mind with, with a very different gospel so that they grow up and they're discipled, and then what do they do? What, what are God's people supposed to do? Evangelize, spread the gospel, and that's what they're doing. And see, here's the thing. We can, we can swap hardware all we want to, but at the end of the day, a man and a man can't have a child. A woman and a woman can't have a child. Guess whose children they want? They want our children. And they want to plant their seeds into their mind and have their harvest and do what? Perpetuate the next generation for their gospel, for their evangelism. If I'm wrong, please tell me. Show me that I'm wrong. Show me that I'm wrong. So what's the answer then? What's the answer? Believe it or not, Paul walked into that culture. Paul walked into that culture and you know what he said? He said, I am prepared to preach the gospel even to Rome. And he said this in verse 16 of Romans 1, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed that in, in the filth of where the culture is, I am not ashamed for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For everyone who believes. It's not that the gospel doesn't work. It's that we're afraid to offend in America anymore. They're not. But in the name of outreach, in the name of kindness being some, in the name of kindness somehow being righteousness, and they're not the same thing, we don't, we don't share. We talk about everything but that. Paul says that's the power. Paul says that's the power. And it's interesting. And I'll just close with this. But it's interesting in this. That when Paul writes, it is the power of God, that, that is the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is the power of God, that Greek word, uh, dynamis, we get our word dynamite from that word. In other words, I want you to just, somebody writing a dictionary about the English language, how would we, that's the i got to find a word. I mean, you know, people are going to use this substance to fish with, blow up rocks, demolition, new construction. Man, this stuff is amazing. You light it, you throw it over there, a big explosion. What could we call it? What could we call it? Man, this thing. Man, it's powerful. What could I call it? Hey, I got it. I, when Paul said it's the power of the gospel, that word, let's call it Dynamite. And it stuck. And we need to recognize that the power to change this culture rests in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not my gospel. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know less than 2% share it. 
Let's share it. Let's live it. Let's be the authentic people that we know we are for God's glory. Let's pray. Father, we love you.